If you're anything like me, you're booked and busy. From family duties and work responsibilities to catching up on your favorite shows and podcasts. Yes, like Wrestling with Freddie, with me, Freddie Prinze Jr. With all the responsibilities we have, it's always nice to have someone in your corner. That's why State Farm is there for you with your auto and home insurance needs, helping you protect the things you love and helping you save money. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. State Farm, proud sponsor of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals. Plus, they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs, especially when those unexpected turns come up. It's the personalized attention you can count on. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. From the home of TV news, interviews, and reviews, this is the Custard TV Live. It's the official podcast of the CustardTV.com. Uh, I'm Luke, editor and runner of the CustardTV.com. The, the, the last time we did a podcast around about this time, you boasted about how early you were in your pyjamas. Can we just check that what state of dress? Though. Yeah. yeah. What state no, of dress because... are you in at night, quarter to nine on a Saturday? <laughs> Proper human clothes. Yeah. I can confirm. Um, so joining me on the podcast in London, covering the uh, capital, it's Gary. Sup. And from the land of Pie and Mash, it's Pie and Matt. Pie and Pie. Um, what did you have for dinner tonight, Matt? Because you ate the latest of all of us. I had a Cheshire lamb crumble, Luke. What? What made it Cheshire? Cheshire cheese. It is uh, mint slam. Uh, it's mint yeah. slam with breadcrumbs and Cheshire cheese crumbled across. With a with a with a with a, a beef jus or something? No. <laughs> Just a bit of gravy. A bit of gravy. Yeah. <laughs> What did you have? Me? Uh, yeah. Southern fried chicken and Mexican spicy rice. Oh, that's more than well, I saw that podcast. comment about a certain brand of spicy rice on, uh, I, on Twitter. I've discovered it. And do you know, you know you go to a certain brand of Portuguese chicken shop? I think we can talk about do it. Do you? We don't need to talk as if we're being paid for this. You go to Nando's and you can order <laughs> spicy rice in Nando's and it's very nice. Yeah. And I found that the Uncle Ben's Mexican spicy rice is pretty similar. Bit of a bit of a podcast exclusive for all those who care. Yeah. I've never had a Nando's. Neither have I. Is it a well? Whoa, 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 whoa! You've never been to Nando's. No, never. There's not one near me. Plus, there was one time I was going to go to one. It flooded. <laughs> God, that's <laughs> a fairly good sign. Yeah. Yeah, the plumbing. <laughs> That probably doesn't look great. Let me near Nando's. <laughs> yeah. I love that story. That makes me feel a bit ill. Let him in. Maybe Nando's. Yeah. What anyway, um, me Nando's. <laughs> Nando's. Oh, uh, okay. whilst we're talking about older women, Mrs. McNamara is gone. <laughs> she's gone. <gasps> she's gone. She's 
to, to Basingstoke to see her sister. Oh, right. So she's, but she's coming back, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's right. a visit. I was just queuing up the funeral march, then. <laughs> oh, tell him. I thought, okay, <laughs> we ought to talk about it. Nah. We, we, okay, the Gary will be singing at the end of the show, so hold the on Gary. to your hollyhocks. <laughs> the Gary show will be yes. singing at the end of the show, so hold on to them hollyhocks, because you're going to need all the hollyhocks you can get. Uh, to get you to the end of the podcast. Um, right then, some news for you. Um, Jed Mercutio, who you may remember from the fabulous line of duty, is to adapt Lady Chatterley's Lover. Mm. Moving it's on. It's part of a season, I think, isn't it, of, of four literary 20th century works being adapted for the BBC for 90-minute films. Uh, I think Adrian Hodges as well, who did The Musketeers, is, is doing one of the four. Sometimes it's like Matt's a correspondent for the podcast, <laughs> and there are. It's almost as if Matt like writes most of the news stories for the website or something like that. You need to shush and stop breaking <laughs> the fourth wall. Um, okay, uh, returning. Um, HBO. I'll get because in my house I've actually got four walls, so I don't quite understand that comment. Yeah, but you're not H- sort of enclosed in the. <laughs> there are four, H- one, two, three, four walls. HBO has uh, recommissioned. <laughs> Surely, the... Gary, I'll explain oh, you need some sort of sledgehammer. I will explain it to you when we yeah. get off the podcast. Oh, okay. HBO have, re- have um, renewed Veep. That's their thick of it uh, sort of. I don't know what the word. I want to say cover. That's it's wrong. Made yeah, well, remake. Homage. It's made homage. by Amanda Inucci, isn't it? Who does the? It thing is. It's a, it's a political you. satire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Veep Chris, is coming um, back for. A... What's his face? Evans. Yeah, he's a, a producer oh. on that one. I don't know if that's true. It doesn't you know sound true. Do you know who's like the runner as well? Have we got a full cast list there. I don't uh, care. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. Uh, Veep's coming back for series four uh, in in uh, US land, and uh, series three should be coming to Sky Atlantic soon. Um, right, the custard TV, and I should give full praise to Matt on this. He put together BBC Two's top. 50 shows, and to be honest with you, there isn't a bad one in the bunch. My personal favourites include Early Doors and The Great British Bake Off, two fantastic... QI, of course, as well. There are so many shows that Can you I may just not... say, I did miss one off that I didn't realise... Oh, isn't that annoying? What did BBC you miss off? BBC Two, and it was uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was the one that Oh, I... Matt, well... that's In fact, don't bother looking at it now. It's ruined. It's been tainted. But you see, the thing is, this one is that I had a conversation with someone on Twitter about what shows were BBC Two because, of course, things like Star Trek: Next Generation. Oh, I didn't include any. I didn't include any no, US and, shows. And, and the X Files all started on BBC Two. So, but they're not BBC Two shows. But even technically. stuff like, I mean, if you look at the British shows, you had like the Royal Family. Yeah. Uh, that first series, which is, I think, still the best. It's still sort of had the sense of something different about it. It went a bit generic, I think, by series three for me. But that first I genu- series... I genuinely... What are you talking about? I genuinely wasn't here for that in my mind. Royal Family. What are you talking about? Thank you. Well, Thank you very much. The first series of the Royal Family, I think, definitely had the most naturalistic approach to it. it oh, certainly. Had, I, it definitely felt more real. As it went on, it it started to become more of a sort of standard sitcom almost, if you know what I mean. Um, Some of my my favourites, going back to that list, I mean, uh, I think, for me, one of the first dramas I remember watching on the TV, This Life, was on BBC Two. 
Um, yeah. Also, our friends in the north. Goodness gracious me has quite a special uh, resonance for me. Uh, there's lots, actually. I mean, that looking at that list, the sort of um, mid to late 90s to the early 2000s, I think, was definitely a, a period where BBC Two sort of shone. Even coming up recently to stuff like The Shadow Line and obviously Line of Duty as well. I think I think I know what Gary's going to say for his one of his favourites. Go on, Red Dwarf, Gary. Any chance? Well, yeah. Maybe? No, the, the good thing that I liked about your list was because it did, and and this is the thing. There's been an, obviously we'll talk about the All About Two program. There's been a lot of BBC Two sort of you know fanfare recently, and these lists have been strange. Except Matt, which I think covered most things pretty well. Yeah, well, Marion and Jeff as well is another one that I really enjoyed. That I was another that was... one that, I, that a lot of people wouldn't think of, and I didn't think of, and I was so glad you put it on there. because A lot, a lot of people didn't put Have I Got News For You on their list, but of course that's a that was a big feature of BBC Two for about and six years. For a Ten long years time. It was on, 1990 long to 2000 time. on BBC Two. And, and again, it. probably some of the better episodes were in that first. It, again, years. I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, it was almost the whole Dayton. Yeah, didn't he? he left in yeah. what two oh three. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he left after they switched over to BBC One. But uh... well, no, he, he left for another reason than that. <laughs> well, but, yeah, uh, yes. Anyway, uh, so yeah, please check that out if you can. You can find it on the website, thecustardtv.com. <laughs> uh, Rachel Riley of Cat Dan is to leave the gadget show. She's going to be replaced by Olympian Amy Williams. I That's wondered all. if this was news, because does it mean Rachel Riley's going to start doing something else? There was a lot of talk about her replacing Susanna, Susanna. Reid at BBC Breakfast. Mm. Um, I doubt but that. just not, not doing the gadget show, does this mean perhaps, perhaps, maybe, something? I don't know. I don't it doesn't mean anything. I think it means <laughs> okay, yeah. I think that's sort of where I stand on it as well, and I yeah, don't stand on things very often. I've never watched the gadget show, and no. yeah. In fact, if this had been, I don't been... really know who Amy Williams is. So, well, okay, yeah. but we're in my area of expertise. <laughs> Amy Williams... No, but in the sense that I know Amy Williams won the um, gadgets uh... and sports. No, yeah, exactly, <laughs> gadgets and sports. Amy Williams won a Winter Olympic gold four years ago, and this year at the Sochi Games was one of the lead commentators and presenters um, of, of the Winter Olympics. So she was being primed for kind of like, you know, the kind of Claire Balding... Oh, my God, this is long. And Channel 4, <laughs> Isn't Channel, this 4 long? Channel 5 have pinched her to do the gadget show. Oh, it's long, though. It's very long, Surely this. Surely should look into that in the HR department if they pinched <laughs> Yeah. Um, and if you are a Chris Lilly fan, Matt will explain this. <laughs> uh, Jonah from Tonga, the latest uh, Summer Heights High spin-off, is to debut all of its episodes on the iPlayer at once in a similar sort of Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime uh, uh, call sort of thing. It's only all the episodes, though. Oddly, are only going to be up there for forty-eight hours, and then they're going to sort of retreat back to showing them one a week on uh, BBC Three. Uh, I can't remember well, from I suppose what day. First can... week of May, isn't it, this? But you can then download them off the iPlayer and keep them for mm. 30 days, oh, can't you? One would assume. This yeah. is as well to do a, a simulcast with the Australian uh, network, their online uh, thing, ah, right. doing it at the same time. But again, I mean, this, this sort of uh, goes back to... The BBC Three thing, I suppose, and I know Gary, you said that you were talking last time, weren't you, about the iPlayer uh, thirty-day thing? Yeah. And it's another step forward, I suppose, isn't it, in terms of uh, people how people watch their TV? I think, in a way, this to me seems like a uh, um, experiment 
to see. Is, I, I'm surprised that they've not done. To, I mean, again, we'll come on to the new series of Orphan Black later on, but I'm surprised that perhaps they haven't experimented with the iPlayer with that in the sense that maybe mm-hmm. they could have put the first episode. In fact, they did last year put the first episode online. So yeah. why didn't they put the first ser- episode of series two online first? I mean, this is this is all the series, though. This is this is yeah, this is very the entire six, very six episodes. I think they're they're tra- trying to see how many people I think are going to get, flock to watch yeah. all these episodes instantly because I think they're trying to garner what they should do in terms of this new BBC Three when they when well I, I read this week that the the main character from In the Flesh he was interviewed. I don't know if it was at the Luke, Luke Newbury. That's it. I don't know if it was a BAFTA thing, but he thinks that yeah, think In so. the Flesh could continue once mm. BBC Three goes online. He sort of seems to be supporting either moving it to BBC Two or Four, or saying, I think we could survive online. Our, our fan base is of that age and it's of yeah. that, that ilk, so I don't know. Mm. Interesting. Interesting to find out. Uh, right, we're going to do Gary Sings towards the end of the podcast, but first, we've got to get through the reviews. Um, Matt, Okay, uh, just briefly, I know we don't talk about soaps a lot on this here podcast, um, but EastEnders, I think, had a massive week this week, didn't it, with the death of Lucy Beale. Uh, Luke, you did a special uh, interview with a writer whose name escapes me. That's what awful, was... James Payne, thank you very much. James, James Payne, Payne wrote the episode on Tuesday where um, we basically saw Ian uh, discover that his, his daughter had died and went to see the body... And the family found out about it. And I, I have to say, I found all this week very powerful viewing. Everything involving the Beale family, at least, I think. Uh, it was it was really well done. And I think it was very, very realistic in terms of grief and stuff like and that. And unsoap-like. Is, mm, is definitely. A I mean, I said this to you as well earlier in the week. There was a scene on um, Tuesday's episode where Ian goes to tell some of the children about it. And, and Denise, you just see Denise behind the door you don't actually see that scene and I thought that was really really tenderly done and even the stuff with Ian and Phil on Friday I thought that was very very that emotional was lo- I mean it was very sweet that, that. that that felt real though those those you know certainly you know Steve McFadden his tears sort of almost felt real to me it didn't seem like you know well I, I didn't watch this but I believe this is one of three soaps that at the moment that are doing a whodunit there's, there's one on why Hollywood, does that one why does that happen there's always well, one no, on but, There's always well, one no, on no, hold on. Let me, let me finish the point. And that there was an article online, I forget where it was, that talked about, is this the Broadchurch factor? Mm. That soaps have looked at, the, the, the way in which Broadchurch drew an audience in uh, very quickly to, to a whodunit, and they thought, well, look, we've got these complex built-up characters, and all we really need is a hit storyline. I'd say to that, no, because soaps have been doing it for years. But, uh, but I don't. But it, well, I no. Remember, but I remember who shot Phil. You know that was years, well, and years yeah, ago. Yeah, uh, Archie Mitchell. That was a few years ago. They've been doing yeah. Who Done It. Um, I think where this one differs is that it is a character that isn't sort of usually when they do a Who Done It, like in terms of Archie Mitchell, it's someone with loads and loads of enemies. In terms of this, it is someone who they're dealing as much with the aspect of the death itself and the, its emotional impact on the characters as they are. Well, that's are. why I'm saying, you know, in, yeah. in, 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 that's why I'm in, saying in the broad, broad church, church way. Yeah, I suppose. I, I, but, I want to know why soaps end up sort of having the same storylines at the same time. It is a weird thing. But to be fair, Hollyoaks does have about four murder mysteries a year. Hollyoaks keep, keeps killing off people. 
Um, that's one of their trademarks. And I think Neighbours, um, well, they're about six months behind us anyway, aren't they? So. Well, that's all but right, Coronation Street is doing it as well with Michelle Keegan's oh, are character. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, so it's peculiar. I don't know how. It, but yes, um, I think if you want to know what James thought of the, and it was a very good interview. It's a good interview. Uh, have you heard it? What me? Yes, I've heard. Yeah, it. good, Gary. Good, thank you. No, I don't no, watch his interviews. He, he doesn't it's go not on a good the interview, website. Gary. It, <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. stop the interview it's being good. All right, I'll I'll stop. Uh, Recording and go and listen to it now, yeah? Okay. Yeah. See you, yeah, see yeah. you for the song yeah. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We only wanted for your voice. Your singing voice. Anyway, yes, so the carry on, Matt. Um, no, I think I'd finish. You were talking, weren't you? No, I, little, I was uh, just saying. A little fun carry little fun fact, though, for you as well. Um, the police officer in Thursday's episode. Oh! The black police officer. Do you know who that was? The cube. The, the cube. The voice of the cube was one of the police. Lucy Beale has no lives remaining. <laughs> <laughs> I read as so, well. Mrs. Doyle. Mrs. Doyle's going to be in EastEnders soon yes. as well. Which is interesting, but Matt brought up. Yes, because she is the worrying thing. Of Charlie Cotton, which which means that at least once Mrs. Doyle and Nasty Nick would have had to have sex. Ugh. <laughs> That's it. Just think about that for a minute. Yeah. I don't think I want to. No, fair enough. And on that note... <laughs> yeah. Move, move on to another programme full Fargo, of Fargo, Fargo. Now, I didn't watch this. This was the uh, sort I of did. Uh, loose adaptation of the Coen Brothers film of the same name. Uh, I'm guessing Luke didn't watch this? I didn't see this, I'll be no, honest. So, Gary, go. Okay, uh, I shall be quick. Um, basically, yes, based on the film of uh, the Coen brothers, starring Martin Freeman, and the other main actor that you'll know is Billy Bob Thornton. There was Colin Hanks in there Colin as well, Hanks. son of, son of Tom. Um, right, in, right at the end he was in this first episode. Just having seen the trailers, uh, Oliver Platt in this as well? Yeah, he well, he, not yet. He, I don't think oh. he comes into it till the second episode, okay. which is what the trailers are for. Mm. Um I mean, basically, Martin Freeman plays an awkward wimp of a man who, it, it, through a chance encounter with Billy Bob Thornton in an emergency room, somehow gets involved and ends up killing his wife. Uh, it, it's almost hard to describe how he gets to that without really going too I mean, the original film, it was a botched kidnapping, wasn't it? And he yeah. and William what, H. What? Macy's wife ended up getting killed if i remember yeah, what, what they've kept from the original episode is that kind of quirky humor there's a wonderful scene with two brothers who have both have been told different things about their inheritance going at it in a garden behind sort of like in the background which is great so there's some moments of real nice kind of dark humor but also martin freeman's character it does a wonderful sort of three you know 180 on his character you know he starts off this very wimpish almost bullied you know henpecked and by the end of it, he's you know he's killed his wife, and he's geniusly coming up with a way to get out of it by by knocking himself unconscious. Um, I, I really liked it. I, I I wasn't a big fan of the film, but I really liked this. It had the right atmosphere, and it had the right look. It's set in Minnesota, so it looks very sort of frozen wasteland. Um, it it does does look and feel like it could be a hit. What about the fact that there's another eight or nine of them? I think there's more. There's nine more. Well, because will you I stick think with it? Uh, yeah, I think I will. The characters seem to stick around. I think I think somebody compared this very much to Six Feet Under. In mm, the, I like it's Six not, Feet Under. There's not, well, I think you'd like this as well, yeah. if you like Six Feet Under, because, again, 
nobody could really tell you what Six Feet Under was about. Yes, it was based in a funeral parlour, but what was it? What was it that kept everybody there? And it's that? the same thing. I think. Well, yeah. And I think that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. But sorry, I think sorry. It's the same thing that's going to keep people watching Fargo. Okay, uh, so that continues. And of we need to say that Martin Freeman's involvement in this could possibly push back Sherlock's timings as well. Well, it's all done though, actually. So it's all done, and he does. I think he what, sort of accidentally. Four or Fargo? No, is all done. I oh, think he. It? Yeah, I think he sort of sort of confirmed that he's not in uh, the the next series if there is one, and they've done all of this. So oh, okay. uh, it's all. Yes. And, and moving on now, we did talk briefly about BBC Two's 50th anniversary. Uh, they, they've done several programmes to celebrate the big sort of uh, icing on the cake, because they did actually ice some cakes on this. Uh, yes. was, oh, uh, God, Matt, puns! We're too good for puns! It was almost two hours, wasn't it? It was a quiz show hosted by Daro Breen. With uh, Richard Osman doing his sort of pointless thing, giving some uh, extra facts. <laughs> that sounds awful. Oh, I see. Right. And then you've got um, who was on it? Gareth Malone was on it. Uh, yeah. Deborah Meaden. Brian Cox, Hugh Dennis. Dennis, and two other people. Deborah Meaden. <laughs> I seem to remember Deborah Meaden. They, they had lots of guest people coming in, like um, David Attenborough and uh, um, Jim Bakewell. Joan Bakewell and Mary and Lala from the Teletubbies and Lala from the Teletubbies somebody said this was like a kind of like a, a, an episode of Nevermind the Buzzcocks gone a bit wrong and I kind of agree with them although it was interesting A it wasn't really a quiz and B I didn't really understand what the purpose of the show was if they wanted to have a look back at BBC2 why did you need a quiz show to do it? Well, they they've been showing the the uh, some of the documentaries that they show for the fortieth anniversary. I don't know if you've seen these. They're on about ten o'clock. Um, yeah, yeah, that annoys me. I want them more updated. But yeah, yeah, they, uh... yeah. Well, I don't know. I noticed on one of them that they showed that the date. I think it was like the weakest link or something. They showed it finished in twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, or whatever. So that obviously they had updated the the, so the graphics the te- on it. Yeah. So but I'd, I would have, let's just say about this, that I would have preferred a sort of retrospective, mm. yeah. sort of similar to what like you a, did on like, the website. Yeah, like a top, why couldn't they have done a top 50 shows or something I'd like love, that? I'd love, that's the sort of thing us mm. TV like geeks love. Like a three hour, you know, top 50 BBC Two shows or something. But maybe they didn't want to show favouritism, because it's the BBC, they can't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Plus a lot of the on. shows, I think the other thing was, is if you're going to do a show about the top 50 BBC Two shows... About a third of them ended up by going to BBC One, yeah, which kind that's... of denotes how important BBC Two is occasionally. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's not many, but wanna... there's stuff. Yeah, I mean, you look at The Apprentice as well, and yeah, um, Bake Off on now. BBC Two first Bake Off. Mm. A lot of Send Miranda back the other way, <laughs> <laughs> or just in a massive tube. Yes. Uh, by yeah. the way, if she ends up presenting the Generation Game, I will never watch that program. Well, you should go on. Really? You and Mrs. Yeah. McNamara. <laughs> yeah, I could, that uh, would work. She can hold her while I... Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying um, you would assault Miranda Hart? Is that what you're saying on, no, on this no, podcast? In case, in case her lawyers are listening, I did not actually say that. I stopped <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Heart attack. Moving on. Uh, Jamaica Inn. Sorry, what was that? Yeah, exactly. Jamaica Inn. 
Uh, you speak up. No horns! No That was a clip from Jamaica Inn. There. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, know, you it, was, it was more like. Come here to and me. Then he, and then, and then, even uh, the clip, I, the clip I saw is even when you could understand the level of what they were saying, you couldn't understand a word of what they were saying. That's because they were all from Cornwall. Or yeah. was it? It was Cornwall. I, yes. I, I didn't uh, hear when they said. Basically, to give some context to this, Jamaica Inn, which was a three-part adaptation of Daphne du Maurier's uh, novel. I'll hit you, Matt. Uh, I'll hit you with your names. <laughs> uh, adapted by uh, one of Luke's favourite writers, Emma Frost, uh, who did The White Queen last year. Uh, this starred um, Lady oh. Sybil from Downton Abbey. No, 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 no. It does sound like you're trying to land a plane or something. <laughs> 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 you are about to close. Doors are about close from the doors. It's like being on the London Underground, except YouTube wouldn't know. Please mind the tiny gut. I, I go on the London Underground every time I go to a screening. Uh, I thank you. Uh, so yeah, um, that was just the, a way of saying he goes to a lot of screenings. You the realize big, the big thing here uh, was that, uh, as uh, both my learned colleagues are uh, alluding to, uh, that uh, there was a lot of problems with the sound levels on this. Uh, Sean Harris's character, especially the uh, uncle, the very sort of dodgy smuggler uncle, spoke with such a mumble but you just couldn't understand a word he's saying. Apparently, we were meant to hear what he was saying, uh, but I'm sceptical of that. I thought he was just doing a bit of method acting a la Marlon Brando. Uh, did anyone like like this show? Uh, aside from the problems with the sound, was there any sort of positive praise no. you, you got for it? I didn't. Enjoy- I watched the first one. I did watch the first one, mm, and I didn't too. enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I'll be honest. But and it also brings me to an interesting point that Gary can join in on, because yep. they showed this over three consecutive nights to make it something special for Easter. I wrote an article up about whether drama that's stripped, which means it goes over consecutive nights like that, does that work for you as a as a viewer? Um, I, I think for me, there has to be some context to it. Something like Jamaica in I don't know. I mean, I watched a little bit of the first episode before I gave up. I didn't feel I needed to watch that on three consecutive nights. Yet some of the stories that they have done, like Five Days, which was excellent, mm. there was a reason for it to be stripped, as you say. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, I, I, I seem to remember that in years gone by, particularly over Easter, the excellent Messiah was shown over Oh, I love the Sire so much. Exactly. And th- and therefore then that was two 90-minute episodes which which to me needed to be shown one after another because they, they were quite I mean, complex. I love I, them. I mean See, I, sorry go on. God, no, no, that that's the point. I I, yeah. I don't necessarily I mean Easter is a great time to show strip drama because you've got four days off of which you can do, you know, I three of those nights or around that. Well, I, I worked for Good Friday and Easter Monday. Oh, man! You always need stamps. That's all I ever say. <laughs> Another post office man! Another post office man! No, cashier number three, please. Yeah, cashier number three, please. Um, <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> that's a very camp cashier voice, by the way. It's not that bouncy, Gary. It's not, it hasn't got <laughs> was it not? No. Cashier I thought it was an automated three, voice. Perhaps it's just like a that. different. What's your view on that, Matt? 
Matt, what's your view on that about yeah, the, the strip um, drama? Yeah, no, I'd agree. I think adaptations such as this work well. Like, um, Great Expectations, I remember they did mm. a couple of Christmases ago. Uh, strip that overnight. But something like, I, I felt that Undeniable would have been better had it been... Yes. Two nights, the I recent agree. ITV. I agree. Better cast uh, and written. Yeah, uh, but the, I mean, something like the, the writer had done before, um, The Reckoning, that was on over two consecutive oh, As was, yeah. I think as was a mother's son, a mother's I son as well. I think his yeah. stories, Chris Lang, worked better, like, you know, if, you, if you've just seen it. The week, I think leaving a week between the two was a bit much, because there's that anticipation, isn't there, for the conclusion th- of the story. Because Silent Witness has always been on uh, consecutive nights, and that works. Uh, yeah. and I think actually, I think DCI I think, Banks I think was a bit hurt because, by not. Again, they, they tell a complex story, and therefore, I think as we've mentioned with things like Endeavour, you know, Endeavour's not the sort of program that you can watch whilst doing something else. And I think no. the same thing goes for like a Silent Witness. They require you to be watching and paying attention. Yeah. To actually get but, the most out of it, I think. So if you want to read my views, you can go to the website and uh, have your say on whether you think stripped drama works. Also on the website at the moment, an interesting poll that we would love your opinion on. Uh, so those interviews I did earlier in the week with uh, EastEnders writer James Payne, would you rather read them in text form or listen to them as you are now in podcast form? So far, reading them is ahead of the game. Oh. Uh, so if you would rather just, read or well, listen... Yeah, Gary, what's your views? Well, can I, can I just apologise that I thought strip drama originally meant something else. I'm sorry about those comments oh. on the website. You might want to take those down. So, no, they're for, uh, I'm leaving them up so. for when the court case comes in. What are your views, Gary? I must admit, I like them. I'm going to sort of convey, go against the. I like a mixture. There are some interviews where I think I like to hear the person talking. I mean, I always remember back to Luke's excellent interview with the writer, uh, with, with, yeah, Chris Chibnall. And that was a real insight audioly of the way in which a program gets made, the guy, the way in which it was done. Whereas uh, yeah, there were some interviews that I think I've, I've seen and read where actually writing down makes it sort of a bit different. And actually, sometimes writers aren't great talkers is that a fair comment just because they wrote a show <laughs> I wouldn't I, I, yeah. talk I the think, more passionately yeah. about it I think it's Chris always Jimmy interesting to hear I mean the one you did uh, we'll go on to talk about it in a minute I suppose when we do the previews but the other one you've done this week um, that is on the iTunes I thought was very very interesting and I don't think it would have been as interesting and we're back how we doing Anna well Todd things are heating up Ooh, yes, Nelson with the jalapeno poppers. Incredible. Ramirez comes in hot with a cheeseburger, patty, lettuce, tomatoes. Beautiful formation. Is he? (gasps) He's going for it. Ramirez grabs the Duke's mayo. Look at it go. The twang. Anna, this is the best tailgate I've ever commentated on. Tailgate with twang. Get the official mayo of the tailgate. Duke's mayo today. Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. 
writing had it just been written down. I think you you can hear the character the character I think come out a bit more. But at the same time, I can understand why people like to you know like to read it. It's a, a sort of a traditional type of thing, really. But uh, well, it, we're still experimenting, and mm. uh, so I think basically what Gary's help. saying is do both. Yes. Well, I, I think I think actors make better interviews because they're about they they they're, they're they're used to that kind of medium. I think my impression of writers and producers is sometimes even if they're very passionate about their subject matter, it doesn't quite come across in a in a spoken interview. So we'd love your view. We've got the poll on the website now. And, uh, and would also you rather up read on the Facebook group, I've actually left a little message yeah. on there as well. So if you want, I've uh, you, can, you can do little polls on the Facebook group as I well. Have, I have stickied it to the uh, to the oh. top of the you know look at me. Eh? Uh, moving on then to something else that was on over the bank holiday weekend. Uh, Tommy Cooper, not like that, like this. Was that the right way around? That is the right way around because well, they're saying he wasn't like that. His catchphrase was just like that. Uh, basically, uh, this was a two-hour biopic of the famous uh, comedian and magician. It stars uh, David Threffel uh, of Shameless Fame as the man himself, with uh, Amanda Redman as his wife and Helen McCrory as his mistress. This, to me, I found this uh, very... I, I really, really enjoyed this. I thought uh, other bi- uh, biopics of comedians, uh, I'm thinking of the Curse of Comedy uh, season BBC4 yeah. did, sort of that showed them as when they were off screen, they were a bit, like, depressed and stuff. Whereas, I mean, you know, Tommy Cooper, he was an alcoholic and a womanizer, but as his... His manager says in it he has a case of the funnies where he can't stop being funny. And for that reason, I actually found this very, very funny rather than... It did have its dramatic moments, obviously, but I was entertained by it at the same time, whereas I can't say that with a lot of biopics, which are well done. But I think uh, one, one of the most important things that I found on it was here as a comedian that you actually saw writing his stuff. Mm. A lot of, I mean, okay, there's not a huge amount of biopics out there about this, but you're right, a lot of the descriptions... We had, like, if if you remember, um, there was a season BBC4 did back uh, a few years ago with Tony Hancock, Steptoe and Son, and... Uh, um, I don't think I saw them, but I remember... Howard and, I can't remember who the other one was, Huey Green, they did four, and since then as well they did a a Hattie Jakes one as well with Ruth Jones, so they've done quite a few. There was a... There was an element of this which I, I, I said to, to Luke before we started the podcast was that I feel like I'd seen it before, even though it was fresh. Mm. That like there was a lot of it which I felt like I know the story of Tommy Cooper. I know about his drinking, his womanizing, how he died, how he was you know he was skeptical about television. You know, I kind of felt like I knew this. The other thing was that I and again this has only really just come to me that Doctor Hugh document, uh, documentary, the one about the making of the first episode. The um oh, adventure in space and time. Yeah, did it not feel a little bit like that? Because you I mean, had that idea of when when they were making the television program. I would have said no, no, I don't agree. I, don't I mean, know. I think this had a lot more to do with the man than the making of the program. Whereas the, the adventure in space and time had bits and bobs of both. I think well, in sure, terms but of I this, just think what... it was quite quite reminiscent of that. I can place. understand in the it's like nostalgic about early TV, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but this did did go over a scope of about 20 years as well. Um, I, what I would say as well is Simon Nye does a lot of credit for the script. I thought it was well done. I think I agree with some critics who said it was a little bit on the long side at two hours. But 
uh, unlike Gary, I I don't know that much about Tommy Cooper because I am a just a, just a tad younger than than Gary. Um, so I I would I would disagree because I I didn't know that much about Tommy Cooper, and I think it, I think it yeah. was a well balanced story. It was never saying you know it was saying he had his faults and stuff like that, and he had this affair that went on for ages and ages, but. But he, he never, he never portrayed himself as no. angelic like a lot no, of other no, comedians have. No, no, no. he, he he admitted his, and I, he didn't quite stop admit his demons on television. But he played a character on television that was was an idiot, and he but admitted he it. Couldn't, he couldn't stop being funny as well. I think that was yeah. one of the main flaws. And also, uh, quickly, I, I think the performance by David Threffle was just oh. it's just outstanding. Uh, and also, I mean, Amanda Redman and Helen McCrory were both very, very good in this as well. I don't think you can just say it was a one-man show, even though his performance was excellent. I think without those two sort of almost being the grounding influences in it, I don't think it would have been as good. I have uh, to admit, I watched an hour of it, and then I watched the second hour on catch-up, because I did think it was a bit long. So now on to something that completely divides... Um, the majority of people uh, who love their comedy. Derek is back for a second series. Um, no doubt, in my mind, that if Ricky Gervais wasn't involved in this, it wouldn't come back for a second series. It may not have even got a full series. I am. I'm. This is the. I mean, I didn't really like Life Too Short, but this I really don't like at all. Mm. What, I, what do you think? I, um, I mean, I I I've read your article on the website, and I think I agree with most of it. I mean, one of the things about this series I think is going to struggle even more is Cole Pilkington's uh, exit in the first episode as uh, Doggy the Handyman. I think that um, some of it sort of works. I mean, I really like Carrie Godleyman, her character, and the other young girl who works in the home. I think those two sort of ring true. But it is it just comes back again to the fact that Ricky Gervais is playing a character who has got learning difficulties. And I, I really don't think that he should be in it. I think he should be behind the scenes writing it because there are some, there are some interesting moments, and he has based it on, you know, experiences of, of family members who work in care homes. But I just think you, you're, you're instantly drawn to Ricky Gervais, who, who we've known as David Brent and other, you know, uh, Andy and extras, as this very simple man who, who's obviously got something wrong with him. I'm not sure if Ricky Gervais isn't in it, this even gets made. Mm. Well, if he's got his name attached to it, though, is what I'm saying. If he wrote it and directed it. And as Luke said at the start, it divides people who like their comedy. Well, I think anybody, do, anybody who likes their comedy, I, I don't think I laughed once in this. No, I genuinely didn't. And the other thing is, that he always says he's got... He's doing it interestingly because you don't see elderly and the care community on television much, certainly not in the world of comedy. But the problem is, they're sort of oh, pushed not in the background. It's not a hilarious situation. Did, did, you not no, see, did you not see Waiting for God? <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. But, but they're sort of pushed and fade into the background because Derek takes centre stage. Mm. And then there's, then, then there's his awful friend Kev, who is just... I mean, he just... Changes yeah. the tone of the complete... So it just, yeah, it exactly. just is all it's mixed confusing, up. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's there to do the the sort of potty mouth humour, and but, I suppose Derek's dad now as well is a similar sort of character. But, no, know, but it's I trying think. to be all sweet and, yeah. and over sentimental, and then he comes in and and ruins it with all his jokes about you know, I don't know why. Lady, stuff. Yeah, I just don't know who it's for mm. in that respect. No, Cookie to face. 
Yeah, it's it like, it like, like almost a, uh, a vanity project, isn't it, I think, at this yeah, stage. I think, like, the Channel 4 are that pleased to have something from Ricky Gervais, and Ricky Gervais has got, still got a loyal group of fans who will watch this regardless, but I just think, I think if, if he hadn't been in it, I think it, people would have been willing to give it more of a chance, I think is my point. Mm. Um, uh, but with him in it, it's just, it is just a mess, as Luke says. The, and the office was sentimental for the for you know without trying to be. Mm, mm. This just pushes sentiment right in your face. I think he's but got I, it. But I think the thing is, the office right. wasn't sentimental from the beginning. Sentimental. Sentimental. The, the, the office built <laughs> that that kind of. They they made you want to see the, what the characters did mm. next before yeah. bringing in the you know the final episode was quite you know there was a lot of pathos in that final episode, but not the first. You can't no. do it that way. I think with Derek, he's done it all too quick, or tried mm. to tried to play with the emotions. It's too quick. all like the you know the uh, close ups on these elderly people and the sort of sad piano music that they play throughout. Often the montages can you know with Coldplay in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds to me like he's been copying the uh, the X Factor. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll do we'll do uh, the final comedy, um, which is a new comedy on Sky Living. But we'll we'll keep you waiting on that and tell you what we're still watching. Oh. What is still hooked us in, Gary? Uh, well, I'm still watching the comedies How I Met Your Mother uh, and The Big Bang Theory on a Thursday night on E4. Still, watch- how far away from Go. the finale of How I Met Your Mother are we? We're about movie? halfway through, but I have I have read. I, I, the, the the ending was was not well received in America, uh, although or, it got or from me who's seen it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That that the, I, I I have heard rumours. I haven't heard the definitive, but I've heard rumours yeah. that the ending is. We'll quite talk about it when it happens. When it's yeah, I think I think before. when that when that yeah. happens. Um, I'm I'm loving still loving Suits, which is currently being shown on Dave, and, and therefore equally on Dave's Javu an hour later. Um, Agents of Shield, The Blacklist. Um, I'm still into Master Chef. Uh, still loving Game of Thrones on a Monday night on Sky Atlantic. Um, and an American show which I talked very briefly about last week, Intelligence on Sky. Uh, despite the fact it seems quite a strange concept, the idea of somebody being implanted with a robot, you know, with a chip. Actually, the the way in which they're doing it is very good. Um, and the guy out of Lost, Josh, uh, I can't remember his name now, Josh something. Josh Holloway. Holloway. As it, he's actually quite funny in, in a, you know, in this. In this oh, yeah. Quite, oh, uh, yeah. So yeah, he's quite a, a good lead actor. You know, he, he's got moments of, of of good acting and action, but also quite funny as well. I would I would think Matt would relate to that because aren't a lot of people in the north sort of made of chips as mm, well? That's right, and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I am still watching television. Um, I'm still <laughs> loving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still absolutely loving Gogglebox, despite what my other podcast members. Actually, I have to say that it has grown on me slightly over the weeks. I think. I think once I you ca- get, I the... still can't watch an hour's worth of it, and some of them really still annoy me, especially the gay couple. But you know, I, I, I it's winning me round. I have to say. And, well, but to this it. this Friday's just gone didn't benefit from having no uh, Sandra and Sandy on. I know it, it was a worrying lack of Sandy yeah. and Sandra. I don't know why. I think they might be on holiday because I think I'm on Twitter. Which is um, the, who's the who's the uh, the bigger one of the two of those two? Uh, Sandra. Sandra. I think. I think we should get her on the podcast to do. We've got to get her on because her singing voice is amazing. 
Amazing. Um, Gary Singh's coming up, don't forget it. I'm also still uh, still really enjoying the, uh, BBC Three's series of crime documentaries they're doing. If you can check them out on iPlayer, you really need to. They're fascinating. Uh, the Trip to Italy with Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan, I like it because of the conversations between them. Matt and I were saying we're not sure how much plot it needs, though. Mm. It would just be good to see them interacting. Like the, like the um, stuff with Rob Brydon sleeping with the... With a woman. Truly bizarre. Actually, speaking of Rob Brydon, I'm still enjoying the guest yeah, list. Oh, yeah, like. that's true, yeah. And uh, and protecting our parents, which is a really thought-provoking and quite difficult-to-watch documentary about uh, what happens to the elderly now in this country as there are more pensioners in the UK than young people. That's on BBC Two on Thursday nights. Um, I'm still watching uh, Britain's Got Talent. I think Luke is as well. You know, I am. I haven't seen last night. Well, last night. Oh, it's a night. Last night. On... You let me know how much of the uh, last, the young lad who's on last. Let me know how much of the song you understood he was singing because. Okay. Because, but to me, he sounded like an extra from Jamaica in. Jamaica. Uh, <laughs> Really the, the, yeah, uh, the Americans, which is still uh, very, very good on ITV, even though they keep moving it around the schedules on a Saturday night. Uh, the Good Wife, another American drama on uh, E4 on Thursdays. Uh, Morphor. Morphor, sorry. Morphor. Part uh, of Morphor's big American night, actually. Uh, Rev mm. on BBC Two. I think Jeff, Game of Thrones. Uh, Invasion of the Job Snatchers, which is a BBC Three programme about a group of young people who... Uh, Try and get jobs in a ta- sort of a sleepy town in. Oh, where is it now, Luke? Come on, you've seen oh, some of this. God. Oh God, it's called yes. Christchurch, but I can't remember where it actually New is. Zealand, I think. Yeah, New Zealand, okay, Christchurch, okay. New Zealand. Um, I, 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 it's it sort of got better. It's sort of improved, and I have sort of invested time in getting to know these characters, and I hope some of them get jobs at the end of it. And uh, Endeavour, I'm not sure how how are people sort of on... I still still have the last episode to watch, which I'm planning to watch tonight. And Luke? I, I'm deeply ashamed to say I have the entire series. Oh. I'm really annoyed at myself for that. The can last, can the, I just the, say that, because I've, I've now seen that third one, the, the Mr. Selfridge homage mm. uh, was a very good episode, despite yeah. the fact it started quite slow and I was thinking, oh, this is the bad th- one of the four... Actually, the by the with, end of it, yeah. the story resolved itself very well, and actually... The stuff with Roger Alam, especially. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, very um, touching. The fourth episode, there was just fantastic, and I, I, it just took me a while to rema- regain my composure afterwards. I just think it was almost just exhilarating, the last sort of 15 minutes of it. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As one of the line of duty episodes, I just think. Oh, wow. An extra 15 minutes or something. No. My recording's two hours 15. No, no, no. 
okay. No, you got broken box. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> you got some of uh, Alan Davis and Houdini there, I think. Oh, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, trying again. Should we do that one? We'll try it. Try it. Try uh, it again. <laughs> Should be the name of this podcast. The, um, don't break the fourth wall. I've oh, still got to explain that to you. Explain the fourth wall. The fifth wall, surely. Basically, this is a uh, Sky Living sitcom. There was two episodes aired on Thursday night. It, in my style, I only watched the first one. Uh, Chris, I watched both. This stars uh, Chris Addison of The Thick of It and Joe Joyner, previously uh, Tanya in EastEnders. Basically, as a couple who uh, are trying again after she had an affair with her... Uh, Doctor Boss at the uh, the surgery where she works as a receptionist. Um, this is this was sort of quaint enough stuff, almost very old fashioned, and I like how yeah. it sort of almost had the gender roles reversed. Where I think she was the stronger one in the relationship. She was the one who kept wanting to uh, engage him in uh, in carnal activities, and uh, he. He was refusing rather than the other. So way. you're so yeah, isn't he lovely? Uh, it, it's almost as good as some of Gary's. Um, Not activities. I think I've got their second album. Uh. Um, there were though as well two genuinely laugh out loud gags in this for me, um, uh, including the, the very final line in the first episode, um, and it's got a decent supporting cast as well. Uh, Elizabeth Barrington, who's always very reliable, He's plays it. Who must have been in everything mm. on telly by she, now? I mean, she's very she's utilised here similarly into the way she is in uh, Stella. Uh, she's she I think is playing Chris Addison's sister in this. Yeah, uh, very sort of foul-mouthed driving instructor who's always insulting the uh, teenagers that she's uh, trying to. It was teach one of the kids about. out of Bad Education. Oh, was it? Yeah. Did you watch this? Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> for some, some, for somebody without a uh, Sky I thought, I thought, package, oh, you yeah, had yeah, to look. I thought you, you said access. Gary hasn't seen this. No, no he hasn't seen oh, Gary. No, I have. You, well, Gary, what did you think then? Well, I, I thought again. I thought I agree with you. I thought it was a very gentle but quite mm-hmm. humorous comedy. I, I, there were moments of quite good humour. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too trying. It wasn't too depressing. It was. It just sat nicely not, not in the middle, and therefore no was a language. nice change. I also like the opening gag where you saw them sort of overdosing on a bo- like a box set of TV and it turned out it was Grange Hill. I thought that was a yeah, nice look. That, kind of that was quite nice. The, the second episode, which I won't spoil the main thing, but there's another sort of hilarious bit where um, they, they, the shop gets robbed, you know, the, the travel agency place oh, yeah. that he's got. Uh, and, I won't be, and again, the sidekick with him, I've seen him in lots of things, but I can't remember his name. Um, he's very good. There's, I think he's another stand-up comedian. Who works with Chris Addison's yeah, best mate? Yeah, Chris Addison so. in the tourist information place. Isn't it? I, know, yeah. I know the character you mean, but I, I can't. No, I can't think of his name, but he, he's a stand-up comedian, and I've seen him before. He's very good. As you say, I think there was a nice. The only thing I didn't like the the other doctor's receptionist character mm. was a little bit stereotypical. From I recognise him. I think he was in the thick of it. It's Alex McQueen, isn't it? Yeah, and I just thought, mm, I don't know. But then in the second episode his character was less grating so um the uh the the um comic you're trying to think of is alan cochran alan cochran. that's it yeah alan cochran who's who's been on things like you know have i got news yeah. for you and, and 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 things like that i don't i i wasn't expecting much in fact i probably thought i'd hate it but actually i didn't and i'll probably watch the rest of them okay so um tv news reviews and previews let's preview something pray a drama starring 
John. John Sim. Sim. This is absolutely brilliant. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll know I've been harping on about it. I've got an audio interview with writer Chris Lunt on the website now, which you can choose to listen to before or after seeing the first one. Basically, John Sim plays a, cat, a policeman who is a bit of a family man, going through some troubles with his wife, but he's got two young sons who he adores, comes home one evening and uh, finds his world has been turned upside down and is forced to go on the run. It is called Prey because the police basically hunt him down. It is a real cat and mouse chase not, uh, of yeah. a show. I'm not going to really do my exciting. gag either, Luke. That I... Well, no, but no, let, let's do it, because when's the next opportunity you're going to get? <laughs> if this was on, like, Jamaica Inn, three nights in a row, what would you be doing, Matt? I would be, all I'd do each night is pray. Gary, back to you. <laughs> Um, also on that night, at the same time, so one for the DVRs or the iPlayer, is um, Hinterland on BBC4, which is a Welsh drama. Now, what I'm not sure if he's whether this is in Welsh and it's going to be subtitled. It's in, it is in it Welsh. Is, it is, it is it in is, Welsh. Yeah. It was originally shown on S4C and BBC Alba, which I'm assuming is the Welsh thing, isn't it? No, BBC bit... Alba is the um, Scottish one. This game. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. No, S4C would have, it would have only uh, been on that. Right, okay. Um, I don't know too much about this, but I know that it's, again, it's, you know, BBC Four's idea of getting mm. drama from around it's, the world. It's Nordic Noir-esque, I believe, is the... Uh, yes. Is what With sheep. Well, a lot of sheep, yeah, that's, I'm sure. Yeah. Welsh uh, Noir. On Tuesday, yes. On Tuesday night at nine o'clock on BBC One, you can see the first of a six-part drama called Happy Valley. Uh, can which... I interject here? Sorry yep. to interrupt. I will have an interview up on the website with writer Sally Wainwright, who is one of my all-time writing heroes as far as television goes. Um, and Happy Valley is a very different show than what people are expecting. In fact, I think even Gary... I said initially to Matt that Gary wouldn't like this. I'd be really interested to have him watch well, it's, it. because it's on It's on the list. It's Sarah Lancaster basically uh, playing... <laughs> it's close, <almost>. close. <laughs> Lancashire. There you go. There you go. Oh. <laughs> so close. Uh, she plays a single. She, it, she plays a single mother and police officer who's living with her sister, um, and obviously something quite. It also stars one of the guys out of. Um, is it? It's not Moffat. Steve Pemberton. Steve Pemberton out of Pemberton, the And if I can, if I can um, um, sort of correct you in a way. Uh, she's not a single mother, uh, but yes. Oh, sorry, is it her episode. sister? Is that the single? You mother? have you have to see the episode to understand the relationship between her and her grandson, which gets explained. Uh, but okay. it is a it's a real. If you remember Unforgiven, which Gary won't, I'm sure, from 2009, which was another one of Sally Wainwright's dramas. Right. This is very dark. It is not sweet. It is not. You know, it's it's human. It's very dark, and it goes to some very dark places. And I think people will be surprised by it. Don't is Happy it. Valley the name of the place that she's in rather than the movie? Happy Valley is the it's name of the... Ironic term, isn't it? Or no, well, yeah. no, the, cold, the colder valley where it's set has a lot of problems with drugs, which is dealt with in the programme as well. And the police have nicknamed it Happy Valley because oh. everybody's on drugs or has a relationship with drugs. Like so that's why it's called Happy really. Valley. Slightly. <laughs> Slightly there. Um... Also on Tuesday on Channel 4, at the same time, 9 o'clock again, one of your DVRs, Mr. Drew's School for Boys. Now, Mr. Drew was educating Essex, is that right? Yes, yes. yes. And um, he's now in a school for difficult boys, trying to sort of, you know, it's, do a... Um, shall I take this one, Gary? Yeah, I'll, you take this one. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bit right. more information. Right. Uh, this is basically a summer school for um, 
Troubled boys, I believe, are about 10 or 11 years old. Uh, he takes them and their parents on and basically tries to uh, get them to behave more and, and, and enjoy school more, I think, as well as it is the uh, ultimate gain is to get, you know, before they drop out of learning completely and just decide to disengage with it. And, and Mr. Drew, on certainly on uh, Educating Essex, was a very engaging character and I think he'll add a lot to this. And I'm I think for, there's not for me, the in- screaming and shouting. For me, the interesting part about this is that the parents are mm. involved as mm. well. That seems to be an interesting. And I think it would be slightly better than Gareth Malone's school for boys, if you remember that. And one. I, I was sort of thinking of Jamie's Dream School yeah, as well. Yeah, they were they were older children, weren't they? Jamie's Dream School, mm. including the one out of EastEnders. Yeah, Lola. And of course, better than the the uh, Jimmy Savile School for Boys. Um, oh. That's going to get cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, first of three comedy playhouse episodes, uh, which are coming to BBC One, also on Tuesday, big night Tuesday. Uh, but this is after the 10 o'clock news at 10.35. The mm. first is a Hugh Dennis starring Over to Bill, where he plays a BBC weatherman. I don't know too much about the, the I've other. I've seen two... bits of this. Well, um, I've seen the I've seen the preview that comes up on you know. I, ha- I had a little look at this on, on, on the previews. I don't know if if Luke did the same. I did as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't look great. I have to say, even though I I am a big Hugh Dennis fan and I do like um, Tracy Ann Oberman who plays his wife and Neil Morrissey and Neil Morrissey is well. in this as well. And the the other woman is played by Helen George. I think her name is from Call the Midwife. I just Possibly. think I mean I've watched a little bit of all three of these comedy playhouse. Uh, Installments and and none look that promising. Um, I think my favourite of the Sean three Walsh, is it? Monks. Is that your favourite? Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? No, my favourite well, is actually Miller's Mountain oh, really? with Sharon Rooney. Oh. Sharon Rooney, but I mean, that's the best of a bad bunch. Yeah, for being honest. Um, not to be dissuaded. What do we know, hey? But then again, this is the slot that did host uh, the right way last year. So and Father Figure. And Let's not gosh, forget yeah. Father Figure. Let's not forget those. Uh, same night, first of a new series in America called Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, who did a very successful run recently hosting the Tonight the, the Daily Show uh, when John Stewart was away. Um, he, he's doing a weekly roundup of news, an American view on HBO on a Sunday night, so we get it on a Tuesday. I very much like John. I very much like John Oliver's style of humour, so I think I'll be watching that um, next week. Uh, on Wednesday evening on Channel 4, we get the second series of Cardinal Burns, the first of which was on E4. Critically acclaimed and quite well received, although I can't say I'd watched it. Did either I remember either? watching some of it, but none of it really stuck with me, and I'm surprised it's been uh, promoted up to the main promoted. channel. Mm. It, it, it kind of got a cult, a kind of cult mm. status, I think, but probably a bit less than cult, actually. I don't know, what's less than cult? Um, cult. Cult. Yes. cult. Cuts, yes, that will probably... Preview will happen at some point. Um, also starting on the same night on Wednesday is the second series of the BBC America show, Orphan Black. Um, the first series of which has just been repeated uh, on t- twice a night on BBC Three. So if you want to try and do a mass catch-up uh, on the iPlayer before you start Series 2, uh, this is basically a, a science fiction-y type show about cloning um, and uh, I, I quite like it. I, you know, there's a lack of good science fiction on television, so I, I, so I try and eat up anything that uh, comes on board. Or you uh, just try and eat up anything. Well, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> lemon love cake. Um, have either of you two watched any Orphan Black? Is that across no. across your? No? no, no, sorry, no. And then a very confusing program. I don't quite know. Maybe I've not got the joke. But uh, on Thursday night, it's uh, the Moody's, which is an Australian drama comedy. 
I think it's a drama, actually, isn't it, on Sky Living. When I went to watch the first episode on Sky Atlantic's, on Sky Living's preview site, um, it said previously on the Moody's. And I couldn't work out if that was so I, a I joke. Give you a, I, I'll give you a bit of context. Yeah, go on. Or if the they put the wrong episode up. No, no, they showed a... Um, last December, apparently, Sky Living showed a uh, sitcom called A Moody Christmas. So they did do a one-off Christmas. Ah, oh, right. Oh, okay. So is this is clear, like a follow-up. Yeah, this is like the first full series after that one-off. Uh, okay. I watched the trailer on YouTube and it does look funny. Whether I want to stick with it for the whole thing is a different matter. But yeah, um, you can get us all on Twitter. I'm at Luke Custard TV. I'm at The Gary Show. I'm at Matt's TV Bites. You can also like us on Facebook.com forward slash TheCustardTV.com and we are no longer on Beanly. No, just The Custard TV. <laughs> what did I say? I tell you, I've, got, I've got oh, dot com. How many followers are we up to? Let's have a look. 89. Is, like, yeah. be that ninetieth like, people. Come on. Yeah, it'll uh, give you that, a warm... Be that hundredth. We don't want to get. We don't want to stop at ninety. No. And, and if you're wondering whether you want to like that web page or Facebook page, uh, then we we have a little treat for you because now, as it has reached the end of the podcast, it is time for Can Gary we... to sing. One week off, no. 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 Well, I want to thank yeah, everybody on the Facebook group actually who, um, who who messaged and said some suggestions. I have gone with one of the suggestions. I'm not I'm not going to be going with uh, Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. Oh. <laughs> I read the lyrics and I was as appalled as I am by Miley Cyrus every time. Uh, so Gary, why are you this, then, if you're not doing that one? I'm more likely to sing Billy Ray Cyrus than Miley Cyrus. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine did suggest um, uh, "Back for Good" by um, by Take That and uh, over my dead body. Uh, <laughs> so uh, here we go. Can, can you just someone just introduce me, or I just warm up? <clears throat> here is Gary, everybody. I come home in the morning, like my mother says, "When you gonna live your life right?" Oh, mother dear, we're not the fortunate ones, and girls they wanna have fun. Oh, girls just want to have fun. <laughs> Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.